We never be ignorance of whatever you come from us. We acknowledge everything and all you come from us. Hello, hello. Can y'all hear me okay? Yes. Yes. Hello. Hey, Auntie. Hey, Sugars. <laughs> How you doing? Hello. All is well. Yes, yes. I'm so glad you're here. Hola. Hola, Miss Mercedes. <laughs> Hi, Mommy. <laughs> hey, baby. You're looking How you looking beautiful. Doing? I'm good. All right. Hey, Juana. Okay, I got your chat. Juana. April, all those we don't know. I got a mute because my dog. You know April, Miss Yvonne. This is April. April Adams. April Adams, Auntie. Hey, April. Hey. Hey. Shaquana. Everybody. Yeah. So we're going to um give it some time. We'll give um about five minutes for people to join. And then I am going to lock the meeting so we can get started. Um, Yeah. Let me go live, too. My volume is okay. Y'all can hear me fine. Okay. All right. Yes. Okay. Welcome. Who joined? Stephanie's here. Hey, Stephanie. Welcome. Thank you. Um, we're going to give everybody too. a few minutes to join. So we're going to get started about five minutes after. Um, because I'm recording, I want to make sure um, I lock the meeting so we don't get any disturbances. And anybody else, they can actually just look at the live in the group.
wish I had a like a riser to just lift the computer up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Can you bring it to me? Hey, Nick. Oh, yeah. I see Nika coming in. No, not for me. Move the cord. Move the cord for me. Oh, no, that is not good. Two more minutes, y'all, and we'll get started. Thank you for your patience. Give bless our love. Auntie says hi. Hello, <laughs> Yeah, so. <laughs> Literally five minutes before I'm going, I was getting started. The whole, the power for where my little office area is went out. <laughs> I just laughed. I'm like, ain't nothing going to stop this show. You tried it. All right, let me look at the chat. <clears throat> okay. Okay, gotcha, Stephanie. All right, well, it's 7.35, um, so we're gonna go ahead and get started being respectful of everybody's time. Um, we actually have to stop at 8.45. So even if I wanted to go over a little bit, I can't, um, which is fine. I think we'll get through all of the information. Um, you all just may have some questions, but you can always just follow back up with me. Um, hopefully you're in the group already in the money code. So you can actually put questions in there anytime, um, especially when I do a class and you have just some follow-up questions that's where you can post your questions and I will respond to them. So I wanna officially congratulate everybody for showing up for yourself tonight. Um, give yourselves a round of applause. Um, I am so excited for you and I'm blessed to be able to bring y'all this information tonight. Financial literacy is so important, especially for um, this particular audience, women. I am passionate about being able to provide financial literacy information and, and really just educate working women on how to manage their money, um, give you information on investing and also about credit. So this is my very first class. Thank you so much for showing up and thank you for showing up for yourself. All right, so real quick, I just wanna make sure everybody can hear me fine. In the chat, if you can just 
put um put up a, a one that will just let me know everybody's all good and we are ready to go perfect perfect i see the ones coming through hey tippy welcome welcome <laughs> all right so y'all we're gonna jump right into this let me go ahead and share my screen All right, so again, welcome and thank you for joining the Financial Tune-Up tune -up Workshop tonight. Um, before we get started, we're actually just gonna do a quick poll real quick. I'm gonna put up some questions and if you can just go through and just mark your answers for these questions, there is no judgment. It's just for you to be able to gauge where you are from a financial tune-up perspective, all right? So I'm gonna go ahead and launch this poll. So you should actually see the poll questions pop up in um, Zoom, and you'll be able to answer those questions. So I'm gonna give everybody about two to three minutes to answer those questions. Actually, once you're done, just, just put up a one in the chat so I know. And did the, did the poll pop up for you to answer? Yes. yes. Okay, okay, perfect, thank you. I don't want to play any music because I ain't got time for Facebook to be kicking me off. So, uh, Thank you, thank you, Tasha. Stephanie's done, Quanta's done, Nika's done. All right, so we'll give everybody about another minute or so to finish up the poll. Thank you, Tippy. All right. Thank you, Ms. Mercedes. You're welcome. I'm done, Yoli, but it just won't allow me to hit it. To tell okay, you. okay, it's all right. As long as you were able to review the questions um, and kind of get a gauge on 
what you were able to answer yes to and what you answer no to, that's the most important piece. So the reason I wanted to do this poll is so that as we go through the information, you all can de decide which areas that I'm gonna talk about tonight are gonna be things that you're gonna follow up on after this meeting, okay? Or after this uh, workshop. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and dive in. Um, let me minimize that. There we go. All right. So who am I? Um, I am a money coach and I help working women manage their money, grow their money, improve their credit score. And I teach proven strategies, strategies that I utilize to pay down over $30,000 in debt to break the cycle of living paycheck to paycheck and begin to realize what it felt like to walk in financial abundance. So I have a passion to help women do and feel the same. I know that it's possible, and I'm here today to share some valuable information with you, some things for you to think about um, as you are on your financial journey. The only thing I would ask is that you do not judge yourself through this particular workshop. Again, this is to gauge where you are. This is for you to learn. And this is for you to be able to decide, okay, after this training, what, what are some things that I want to work on? All right. And it's just a few accomplishments. Um, for those of you that don't know me, I've been in corporate banking for the past 17 years. I have over 10 years experience. I, at first I said five and I'm like, I was only counting um, when I worked with um, building better money habits. But I've actually been volunteering with Junior Achievement um, for over the past 10 years. So I've been going into local schools where I have lived in Florida, California, teaching financial literacy. I've gone into adult facilities, homeless shelters, not homeless shelters, but um, shelters for battered women and other adult facilities to actually teach financial literacy. So again, I have a passion for this. This is something that God, God actually revealed to me, I, I finally got it. <laughs> this is something that I, I, I need to be doing um, for God's people to help God's people to, to break those negative financial cycles. And again, begin to walk in that abundance that God talks about in his word. I also created what's called a mesh methodology. And what I believe is that finances are mental, emotional, and spiritual habits all together. Yes, I don't have enough time to talk about that, but I just wanted to introduce that to you. And I also created what's called the physical cal calculator. This particular calculator, if you're looking to pay down debt, it will actually um, calculate for you using your existing budget how long it will take you to actually pay down um, all of your debt. All right, so it's something that is near and dear to my heart, and I'll be sharing that um, in other classes that I'll be doing. All right, so why are you here? First of all, let's talk about some facts. Which race, and actually, let me go back. <laughs> which race um, do you all think has the highest poverty rate? And you can come off mute and interact with me. We do, uh, African-Americans. African-Americans, thank you, Tasha. Um, it's very alarming, and I don't like it. For somebody who is passionate about financial literacy, this is one. This is one of the things that I am looking to change 
And so as you're seeing on the screen, Blacks have the highest poverty rate, 19.5%, and non-Hispanic whites, um, the lowest at 8.2%. 8 now, the reason these stats are so important is because when we think about overall population, um, which I should have put that up there as well, I mean, we are not the majority. So to actually have the highest poverty rate, it's actually worse than what that number looks like, right? As of September, 20, September 21st, 2021, um, and in 2020, it was 19.5% of Black people living below the poverty line. So if you're looking on the left side of the screen here, if it's one person, the poverty line is considered to be if you make $12,880 uh, or less, you, you are either at or below the poverty line, right? And a household of four, if, if the household income is $26,500 or less, then you are at or below the poverty level. Now, I do understand that you know, there are a set of circumstances that we were given as a people, for example, slavery, but it, I do believe that there comes a time that we can actually look at our behaviors, look at what is kind of keeping us out of the wealth, uh, out of the, the wealth or the majority when it comes to um, wealth and passing down wealth. And again, that's why we're here today, because we are going to start to fix these things. We're going to begin to be an active participant in our finances and with prayer and, and, and putting together some, some you know, practical things. I believe that we all can experience financial abundance here and now. All right. Now, before I jump into the content, I do want to share, I am not a financial advisor. However, I am a financial educator and I am a certified life coach. And so the information I'm sharing with you today is to help you to, it's to get you to thinking about things differently and ultimately inspire you to make um, certain actions uh, to help you to realize um, change in your finances. Again, I only have one rule today, and that is not to judge yourself. No matter what I present to you today, it's not for you to say, no, I haven't done that. It is for you to say, man, I didn't know about that. I'm going to do better with that. I'm going to research that. or I'm going to follow up with Yoli about that particular topic. All right. Okay, so I told you about the poverty level, but what happens when we become what I'm calling financially lit, all right? So when we become financially lit, we, according to um, stats that I found out on uh, better Building Better Money Habits, we are 61% more likely to apply for a home loan. Meaning when we educate ourselves, when we build up our knowledge about our finances, we become more likely to apply for a home loan. We become 52 times more likely to open an investment account, all right? So remember that one of those questions in the poll was actually asking about, you know, have you done this? You know, have you done, have you opened this type of account and, and done these things, right? So when you become financially lit and you begin to educate yourself, um, you become more likely to actually open an investment account, which is one of the many ways that our fellow um, uh, other ethnicities build wealth, all right? Um, and I'll just tell y'all a personal story about myself. In working for the bank, it was 
I want to say about three years into my career. And I was still like, I ain't giving them people my money. I was talking about a 401k account. And I was I was determined not to actually put money in my 401k account because I looked at it as somebody taking my money. Right. It was only because I didn't I didn't understand the 401k account. I didn't understand that it was an investment into my future. I didn't understand how the stock market works. I didn't understand that my company would actually match my contributions up to 5%, meaning giving me free money and matching me as I'm putting money into my account. All right. Now, once I got it, I became financially lit and your girl is doing good. So again, I'm here to pass on this information to you all so you become more comfortable with making financial decisions like that. And last but not least, we are 10 times more likely to open a savings account, all right, and actually use it. So let me pause right there and um, let me see if anybody has any questions so far before we jump into the meat of um, today's class. Nope. All right, we're going to keep it moving. We're going to start in talking about the 10 financial areas that need your attention now. All right. Now, what I'm going to introduce you to tonight is really going to help you to build what's what I'm calling a financial calendar. So make sure you take notes. Um, of course, the live will be in the group, so you can go back and watch it. But with this information, you'll be able to create your own financial calendar and, and go back and check on these things throughout the year. I'm going to introduce to you the um, actual area, and then I'll give you the frequency in which you need to perform these things and give you some tips on how to do that financial tune-up. All right, so let's start with what's called a personal assessment. With your personal assessment, what you're looking at is your overall financial situation. And some of the questions that you want to consider when you do this assessment is, what are my money goals for the year? You're only going to do this like one to two times a year. So let's say beginning of the year and the middle of the year, or you can do middle of the year and end of the year. But you're going to be looking at your overall finances and saying, okay, do I have any money goals that I want to set this year? Do I want to save up for a house? Do I want to open a savings account and build an emergency fund? But this is also the time where you, you want to consider what's going on with work. You know, have you been in the same, the same position for the past, past five years and have not grown to the next level? Is there room for you to grow? Are there opportunities for you to make more money on your job? And so, again, we're looking at our overall finance situation and we are determining if we want to make any adjustments, what goals that we need to set for the year and how to obtain them. If you own a business, consider what has gone on with your business from a financial perspective. Did you lose money last year? Did you are you on your way to earning earning money? Did you just open a business and looking to, you know, scale your business up to be able to earn more money? Again, this is the time for you to set those money goals, put them in play, and, and, and go ahead and take action on uh, reaching those goals. And then last but not least, you want to also figure out or find out or assess 
what's your net worth? All right. So your net worth, let's break this down just a little bit. As you're seeing on the screen, your net worth is the grand total of your assets and your liabilities. What are your assets? It's, it's things like, excuse me. It's things like <clears throat> the value of your home, the value of your vehicles, what's in your checking and savings account, cash, CDs, and your retirement account, right? So those are examples of assets. And then you want to go ahead and take out or subtract your liabilities. Liability, liabilities is debt, right? So it's balance on your mortgage and your car loans. It's credit card debt, student loans. Any type of debt you owe is a liability. So you want to subtract that from your asset value. And the um, sum or the, the total would be your net worth, all right? So when you're doing your personal assessment, you want to go ahead and figure out what your net worth is. And after this class, set your money goals. If you never calculated your net worth, let that be one of your money goals. Because if you know where you are, then you can set goals to actually, if you want to grow your net worth, you can go ahead and do that research to figure out how can you grow your net worth. One of the fastest ways to grow your net worth is to reduce your debt. And so one of the, the biggest things that I did for myself over the past few years was pay down a large sum of debt, over $30,000 in debt. And so what that did was that ultimately, as long as I didn't turn around and start using that money, spending that money on other things, it actually boosted my net worth. All right. Now for resources, when it comes to your net worth and doing your personal uh, assessment, I recommend Mint, which is an app, buy into it. Um, and what it will do is it will actually, you'll have the opportunity to add all of your accounts, right? So if you're like me, I do have a couple banks that I do business with and, and I do have credit cards, right? So managing all of that can be a little bit challenging. Um, now it's easier in today's world because everybody has a, an app. But it's easier when you have a one-stop shop to be able to look at all of this information in one place. And that's what Mint does for you. So Mint will, you'll add in those accounts into Mint and then Mint will calculate your net worth for you, right? And I can't tell you how valuable it's been for me to be able, for me to, be able to see my net worth whenever I wanna see it, um, especially since I have an investment account and investments can fluctuate. And so I'm looking at my net worth, you know, every couple of weeks to just kind of see how I'm doing. Um, and then also banking apps. So if you're doing banking the traditional way, still going into a financial center, still using checks and things of that nature. Um, so think, of, think about the digital, it did it again. <laughs> um, think about the digital way of um, doing banking. All right. Hopefully y'all can still see me. I'm going to pause for just a, a second and I will be right back. Let me try to get this breaker back on. If you have any questions, go ahead and put them on the chat in the chat. Um, throughout the presentation, y'all, you can always put your questions in the chat. And that will allow me to um, go back and take a look at them, okay? But I'll be right back.
All right, can you all hear me? Y'all still with me? I can hear you. Oh, perfect. All right, I got a little, got a little scared. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna go ahead and keep it moving. Let me check the chat if there's any questions to see if there's any questions. Um, yes, Shay. Mint is an app that I trust. I have had it now for over a year. So it is an app that I trust and I haven't had any issues. Now I will warn you though, what it will do is it'll tell you about any and everything that's kind of going on from a money perspective. So, you know, it's a good thing, but it can get a little bit aggravating if you're not used to it. I'm used to it now. But let's say, for example, you set a spending budget, it's going to tell you when you're going over your spending budget. So it's it's a good thing because it's going to keep you on your toes and um, and make sure that you're meeting any goals that you set within that app. All right, let me see if there's any other questions. Yes, it will. It'll tell, yeah, it'll tell you how much you're spending on eating out. It'll group your expenses. It will, you know, tell you pretty much everything that's going on with your money. It'll even tell you about fees. So, you know, if you have a credit card and the credit card company charges you for interest for that month, Mint will say, hey, is this right? Were they supposed to charge you? <laughs> so, um, and, and I love that because it reminds me to pay, to pay the stuff down so that I'm paying less or no interest each month. All right, Tasha says, what if your place of employment doesn't offer a 401k option? Most schools don't. Oh, that is a good question. Um, so we're gonna talk about investing um, just a little bit tonight, but there are other options. Tasha, what you can do is you can open up what's called an IRA. Um, and that IRA or brokerage account acts similar or just like a 401k. The only difference is 401ks actually, um, usually the employer will offer a match, a company match. And so they'll give you free money. With an IRA, it's only your money going into that account. All right, so we're gonna keep it moving, but y'all feel free to continue to put questions in the chat and I promise I'm gonna get back to them. All right, so let's talk about a uh, money plan or budget. So I'm changing my word. And I'm, I'm gonna move away from calling things a budget and, and call it more so a money plan because that's really what it is. So when you do a money plan, a few things you wanna consider is, do you have one? Are you using it? Are you sticking to it? Or do you live paycheck to paycheck? Now, <clears throat> when I say paycheck to paycheck, what I mean is, when are you waiting for your check to come? That's one indicator, right? Are you waiting for your check to come or do you usually have a buffer, right, in between the times that you get paid so you're not necessarily always waiting for your check to come? Um, another indicator if you're living paycheck to paycheck is you feel like as soon as you get your check, it's gone, right? Um, so when you are in that state, it could be a few things going on. Now, I'm not going to downplay. Sometimes people aren't making enough money. Um, but a lot of times, y'all, we are actually 
making enough money to cover our expenses and we have money left over. Now, the issue could be where you're Spending is, is out of control or not being controlled or not being monitored. And so what I suggest is the action when, you, when it comes to your money plan. The first thing is do a deep review of your budget, if you have one, and make any changes based on your money goals. One example of that could be, you know, I have a budget. I've been spending too much money. Now it's time for you to say, you know what, I'm going to cut back. And um, I'm going to, you know, delete these subscriptions that I don't need, right? I don't need a million and one uh, ways to actually watch movies online. So I'm going to get rid of a few of them. One of the things that I started doing is rotating those subscriptions. So I do Netflix for a couple months and then I'll cancel that and I'll switch it out with another. All right. So that's one trick that you could do if subscriptions is your thing. But nevertheless, the main thing here is for you to identify where is your money going, all right? Pull the last two to three bank statements. Just pull them. Humor yourself. Take them out. Take out the papers, right? And literally go through and highlight your transactions with different colors. Use a color for dining out. Use a color for entertainment. Use a color for bills. Use a color for subscriptions. And for, our, for my Amazon sisters, all right, use the color for Amazon. <laughs> um, so this is, again, what you're doing is you are taking a look at your, you are taking control of your finances. You're, you're figuring out where is my money going? And as a budget boss, right, we are telling our money what to do. And when we're doing that, we're creating a budget, we're sticking to the budget. We are deciding what, what's going to happen with that cash flow. Am I going to set up a savings account? Am I going to go ahead and create an emergency fund? Which by the way, is I, I recommend starting with three times your monthly expenses. That should be in a savings account that you do not touch. Once you do that, you can set a goal to actually increase that to six months, but at least start with three months, all right? And then last but not least, one thing you can do is what's called a no spend challenge. I do these all the time. This is where I say, you know what? For the next five days, I'm not spending anything. I'm not going to order off of Amazon. I'm not going to order food out. I'm going to make sure I cook at home and just not spend anything. And you will be surprised after doing those a few times, you will start to see some extra money or what you thought wasn't there. All right. Okay, <laughs> Tasha. <laughs> okay, so again, resources, the Mint app. Sorry, I'm, I'm not sorry, but the Mint app is good. I, I do recommend it. And I would like to know your feedback if you end up using it. But the Mint app will help you with that. If you have a problem with compulsive spending, impulsive spending, the Mint app, set it on up, set your alert and let it talk to you, let it tell you what you're doing so that you can start to you know, make a decision on what changes, what behavior you wanna change, all right? Don't forget to put your questions in the chat. The next thing is expenses. Do you know all of your expenses? When you're doing a review, when you're doing this part of the tune-up, you need to actually ask yourself, do I know all my expenses? 
if somebody were to ask me, what are my expenses? Can you rattle them off and, and or write them all down real quick, right? If you don't, if you don't know all of your expenses, then this is definitely an error. I highly recommend that you put some attention on, right? So a couple of things that you can do here, identify your future expense, expenses. So <clears throat> expenses is a little bit different than, well, actually there's a category. There's fixed expenses, which are going to be your bills, right? So know what your bills are know when they're due and know um you know how much they usually cost okay this all go this all goes into a budget um and if you have never done a budget before there's some free templates out there but i do actually build um a full year of a budget for you that's actually one of the services that i offer and we would actually go through and make sure we uncover all of your expenses and then any potential income and build out that budget for you for the whole year. So think about summer camps. If you have kids, that's actually an expense. You would not leave that off of your budget because it is something that's going to cost you. It may not cost you in January, but come May or June, that is an expense for you. So <clears throat> make sure that you're focusing on your expenses. You identify them and look ahead as well. All right, so who's ready for the next one? Put it in the chat. Tell me you ready. Tell me you ready. Yoli. Yes, ma'am. I am not very computer computer literate. Okay. So I wanted to to chat, but I don't know what to do. So me and you have a have a little talk about that. Yes, ma'am. You can yeah, go ahead and ask your question. Oh no, I just want to say when if I when I do, I I can't you know put stuff in there. Yeah, but I will. I'll let you know. Okay. Okay. okay All, right. All right. Thank you. But if you need to ask your question because you can't get it in the, ch in the chat, um, as soon as I'm done with like one of the uh, topics, you can just come off a of mute and ask your question. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, I think some people say they're ready. So, yep, Miss Mercedes, Shay, Tasha, Stephanie are ready. Um, Tasha says she's so used to Trueville, but she got to go to Mint. Yes, Shay, oh my God, how can I survive that? <laughs> Shaquana says, no DoorDash. Tasha says, food, yes. You know what? It's good that you all are aware of this information, y'all, because then you can do something about it. Um, yeah. All right. So we're going to go ahead and move on to the next one because y'all are ready. Saving, 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 saving. When you are doing this part of the tune-up, um, you're going to focus on doing this at least once or twice a year. <clears throat> but if you have a savings account, don't just stick to one bank <laughs> because savings rates um, can be competitive in the market. Usually with the savings account, it's a lower earnings, right? So for those of you that are not aware, a savings account is supposed to actually earn you money while your money is sitting in the bank, okay? So when I say review your savings rates, it's, making, it's checking with your bank and see how much are they paying you for your money to sit there, 
because I can guarantee you, um, well, actually, I know for sure, <laughs> with your money being in a financial institution, they are, the banks are making money off of your money, all right? So as your money there, as your, as your money sitting there, um, I don't want you to think like your money is in, a, in like this little box with your name on it and it's in cash. No. Once your money goes into the bank, it's actually digital. It's actually digital. What you see on your bank account statement, what you see on the online app app that they have is just the number. All right. Your money is off making uh, things happen for your financial institution. They are investing that money overnight and they're making money off of your money. So with that being said, let's get in the business of our money making us money, right? And you do that by knowing um, and shopping around for the best savings rate, okay? Um, I also talk about the emergency fund, as I said before, it's three to six times your monthly expenses. And I made a po post the other day. When COVID hit, um, a lot of people weren't that worried um, when it came to money because those individuals actually already had an emergency fund. So they can tap into that money if they lose their job, if a pandemic comes, if you know there's some unexpected situation that arises in their family, they can actually tap into that um, emergency fund instead of going to credit cards. That is the main reason, it's one of the best benefits of having it is one, giving you a bit of peace of mind if something happens, you got money to fall back on. But two, if something happens, you don't have to go into debt to bail yourself out of that situation. All right. Also, during this particular part of the tune-up uh, or financial um, tune-up, you want to make sure that you look at your investments. So if you have investments such as a 401k or an IRA or a Roth um, IRA, and I apologize that these terms are not making sense to you right now, I'll give you a little bit more information um, in a little bit. But check on your investments um, at this point. Shop around for high yield savings accounts. Believe it or not, some of these online banks, they actually offer better rates, high yield savings accounts. And so do some shopping around. Um, save for holiday shopping. Don't overspend using credit cards to pay for gifts. Um, <clears throat> that's something that we have to get out, get out of the habit of as a people is we know we like Christmas. We know like we know we like to give our kids gifts for Christmas. Let's save for that event. Let's not wait for it to come. And then we're actually dipping into our bill money, dipping into our savings accounts just to buy gifts. Things that our kids are just going to probably throw in the corner come January. All right. And at this point, you're establishing your emergency fund. Again, start with about three months of your expenses. The resources that you're using here are your online banking app, your bank statements, because that's where your savings rates will be. And that's where you can actually use that information to, to uh, take action. All right, let me check the chat. I don't see any questions. So we're gonna move on to the next one. And it's one of my favorite, y'all, check your credit profile two to three times a year. For those of us that have apps, 
Um, we're probably looking at our app once a month. Uh-oh. But make sure you are pulling your credit profile two to three times a year. Now, annualcreditreport.com is the, the major um, website, the main website for you to that you can trust um, to pull your free credit report. They'll go through and pull all three for you. You'll go through a verification process, but you'll have your full credit report with all of the details about your credit. Um, <clears throat> so you want to make sure you pull that at least once a year, but the, the other you know, two to three times, you are actually looking at your credit profile, seeing where you can make some changes, and you are setting your credit, um, your credit goals. The other thing you're doing here is you're tracking your credit score. Um, if you don't know why your credit score is important, put that in the chat. I don't have an, I don't think we have enough time for me to go into details, but put it in the chat so I know for future classes um, what we what I can spend more time on. All right, let me check the chat. See any questions? If you're ready for the next one, put a ready in the chat for me so I know. And that keeps me pumped up because when I know you're ready, then I stay ready. <laughs> All right, I got some ready. So we're going to keep it moving. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, next one loans and debt. Loans and debt, one to two times a year, y'all. We need to look at our loans and our debt. Um, do you know how to locate all of your loans and your debt? You know, sometimes, like, student loans, you sign up for those things. And, um, you know, if you're still in school, you might not know, you know, you might not remember where you went to even set it up, right? Um, so whenever you go into a loan agreement, make sure you keep the paperwork. Make sure you know where to go to access your loan. Um, access the company's online banking app, if they have one, for you to keep track of your loan. This is to make sure you don't, um, not that you'll forget about the loan, but it's more so making sure that you're on par with the payments and that if anything happens, you know how to get in contact with that company to talk about um, negotiating through whatever situation you may be going through. Another part of this check is for you to look at your interest rates. Interest rates are negotiable. The better your credit, the easier it is for you to negotiate rates. Um, one example of that is um, cars. So just because you bought a car two years ago and you making payments doesn't mean that you can't negotiate for another rate. I have a 2015 um, Nissan Pathfinder. I got it, I think, in late, I can't remember, y'all. I think it was 2017. But um, in 2018, I renegotiated because I had boosted my credit by over 25, 30 points or so. And so I was in a much better place. And guess what happened? I, my, I got a better rate. Um, the term did not change much. Um, so you do have to be careful with that because sometimes when you um, go to refinance something, the term can be longer. So technically you end up paying more money. So if you are going to renegotiate a loan, make sure that you are remembering how much did you have left to pay on the first loan and make sure you're not extending that on your new loan. 
The purpose of refinancing is to save money. It is to save money. And so you can reward yourself if for, for having good credit or improving your credit by refinancing. So make sure you do your research on that. Um, I can't unpack that a lot because I don't have much time to spend on that. But that is a way that people save money. And that's how I actually uh, save money as well. Another thing you can do is um, look to pay off early. Because when you pay something off early, then you are not, you're going to avoid future interest, okay? Every time you make a payment, I want to make sure I, I stress this a little bit. If you have a loan, every time you make a payment, part of that payment is going to your principal, which is the amount of the loan. And part of that is going to interest which is going straight in the pocket of your lender, all right? So what that means is, or let me tell you, let me, let me ask if you've ever experienced this. You keep making payments on something, but you're not seeing that, that number that you owe go down as much. If you've experienced that, put a yes in the chat for me. I'll make sure I'm not alone on that. Yes, I got some yeses coming through, right? That's why, y'all, the reason the number did not go down is because of the interest. And that is how banks get paid. That's why they lend us money. They only want our credit for to determine our credit worthiness, but they want our business. They want us to get these loans because when we get a loan, they are automatically making money. Because every time you take a every time you make a payment, they are taking their money right off top, right off top. So you can save on interest by setting a money goal to pay down your loans early. Just because you have a car payment and it's supposed to be for five years doesn't mean you have to wait the full five years to pay it off. You can pay it off in three and a half. You can pay it off in four. It's all up to you and how much money you can um, save and budget to actually pay that car off early. And another thing is whenever you make extra payments, make sure that payment is going to principal. You can give your financial institution a call and before you make the payment and just confirm that if you make an extra payment, it's going to go to uh, principal and not interest. Remember principal is the um, amount owed that you have left on the loan. And so you want that number to come down because the lower that number, the less interest you're paying. All right, moving right along. Make sure you put questions in the chat, y'all. I will answer them, but I wanna make sure I get through all of these. We have about 25 minutes left. So account management, you're doing this one to two times a year. One to two times a year. During your account management, uh, review, you are going to evaluate your account. You're going to see, have you been paying monthly fees? Y'all, monthly fees should not be charged to anybody in this day and age. There are too many banks, too many credit unions out there willing to give you free accounts where you're not paying a fee to do business, okay? So check your statements. Make sure you're not being charged a fee to just have an account, okay? Got a question? Yes, Tasha has a question about loans. Um, usually in Credit Karma app, it suggests that I take out a loan to pay off my debt. 
is that a good idea? Tasha, I'm so glad you asked this question because Credit Karma is a good app to have, but you're right. The reason that it's free is because they're getting paid to sponsor uh, financial institutions and lenders, right? And through that sponsorship, um, their job is to advertise to you these different opportunities that may that you may fit into because of your credit profile. Okay, so um, her Tasha's question is: Is it a good idea to take out a loan to pay off my debt? So, Tasha, it is that that's based on your financial situation. All right, so let's talk about situation number one. If you're in a place where and I would say the most, um, I would say dire situation is you're, you're up to here in your, um, in your loans, in your credit card, almost everything is maxed out. And <clears throat> looking at your income, looking at your budget, you are just drowning. And, and it's hard, it's been hard for you to keep up with the minimum payments on those cards. You don't see any hope in sight, meaning any lump sum of money coming in for you to get some headway and be able to breathe above those payments. Another thing to consider is how long have you been in that situation, right? So with that being said, in that case that I just described, what a loan can do is actually pay off all of those items for you. I mean, depending on how much they approve you for and depending on how much um, debt you have, they you could potentially get approved for a lump sum to actually pay those items off. The caution I have here, even in that situation, is sometimes those lenders you're paying off won't require you to close those accounts um, or to do anything with them. They'll gladly just take that money and you leave those accounts open. So now what happens? You have zero balances on those accounts that you just paid off. And now you have a new loan for the amount that it took to pay those accounts off. That can be a very dangerous situation for a lot of people. So I caution getting a loan to pay off debt for that very reason, okay? Um, where it can be a good thing is if, you know, you want to consolidate everything, you know that you're going to go ahead and get rid of all of those other accounts because you don't see yourself continuing to do business with them. You know, maybe you would make the right, you know, good decisions that you believe you didn't make good decisions in opening those accounts. And so you really want to just kind of wipe the slate clean and just focus on, you know, one particular loan that's when a consolidation, you know, may make sense, okay? I hope that that helps. That's a loaded question, um, but that's kind of how I see it. Um, it's not a first option like Credit Karma makes it seem to be. It should not be a first option. It shouldn't be something that we always consider. Oh, let me get a loan to pay all of this off. No, no, no. It needs to be a very serious situation where you are, you know, practically drowning in debt and you really need some help. Thank you, Tasha, for confirming that that helps. Um, and Shay has a question. What about more on a monthly payment? 
does that automatically go to principal? Um, so Shay, for that, it does depend on the lender. So that's why I suggest that when you um, want to do that, just give them a quick call, let them know that you're interested in being able to make extra payments, and then ask them, is the loan set up to automatically, when it receives an extra payment, to apply the money to principal, okay? Um, if it's not, then they can manually do it in most cases, at least I know the bank that I work for can do it. Um, you can call and they can do it manually. Um, or your loan may be set up to already accept it. So anything above your minimal will automatically go to principal, okay? So just make sure you check with your financial institution. All right, thank y'all for the questions. I'm glad that this is helping. Let's go on to insurance, y'all. This is a hot, um, I would say to me, it's a hot topic because I really want people to understand the importance of um, life insurance. So um, let's talk about car insurance first. When you look at your car insurance one to two times a year, make sure you review the terms, make sure that you refresh yourself on your coverage, make sure you have enough coverage if something happens, you know, all of that good stuff. Make sure you always know what your coverage is as well. Also make sure you know where to access your ID cards. A lot of things have gone digital. So make sure you know, okay, well, I still have access to my app where I can pull up my ID card or they should be sending me some new cards or have your insurance company send you updated cards, okay? For life insurance at this um, juncture, you are asking yourself, do you have coverage? We all should have some coverage. If you don't have coverage, I'm encouraging you to get coverage. I can tell y'all now, this is one of the major differences between um, our ethnic group and others when it comes to passing down generational wealth. One, first of all, you don't see them, and I, I don't mean this to be mean, but there's not a lot of fish fries happening for other ethnic, ethnic groups. All right, we'll pull it together, we'll make it happen, but that is because we as a people are not focused on life insurance, okay? So life insurance um, can be not only you protecting your loved ones, um, you know, if you were to leave this earth today or tomorrow, but it's also a way for you to pass um, wealth down to your lineage, do, through your lineage, right? Because you can get a policy that's worth way more than your debt, right? Life insurance is going to cover your burial. It's going to make sure, you know, all things are taken care of, but it's also going to protect your assets to make sure that your again whoever you're leaving behind they they're covered okay so at this again point in the tune-up you are seeing if you have coverage if you don't check out your options look shop around see how much it costs and you might be surprised how much insurance life insurance you can get um you know for a you know an, an affordable rate i'll just say it that way okay you're also considering who has access to your policy information, um, making sure your paperwork and all of that stuff is in order, but make sure you have at least one to two point of contact that know where to go, like where you have your policies and all of that good information um, if you become, you know, if you're not able to provide it to them anymore. Um, like uh, Uncle Joe said, if you wake up in the morning and you don't see the sunrise, you're dead. Uh, <laughs> it was something like that. It was terrible, terrible. 
But um, yeah, so make sure, y'all, that we do better when it comes to life insurance, all right? So car insurance, evaluate your insurance plan. Y'all, I have been with GEICO for over 20 years. 20, yeah, about 20, yeah, about 20 some years, right? Just paying them people their money every month. Thank God, God has been so good to me when it comes to protecting me. Um, and so never had any issues, right? How about I learned this, this little trick. I did not want to leave Geico, but y'all, I started shopping around for the same coverage. I'm saving over $50 a month just because I shopped around and I changed insurance companies, okay? Now, I don't recommend you do this on a monthly basis or nothing like that, but again, one to two times a year, just check in on it. Just check in on it, and you would be surprised. I mean, I was surprised that I was able to save so much money just by ship, uh, you know, change it to another company, all right? And then for life insurance, keep your dependents up to date. Make sure your life insurance coverage knows um, who your beneficiaries are. I mean, they should ask you for that information anyway, but make sure you keep your beneficiaries up to date. Make sure you keep your, you know, dependents, you know, guardianship. That's not on the screen here, but that's something to think about if you have children. Um, do you have legal guardianship put in place so that whoever is going to take care of your children, um, if you're not here, they have the necessary paperwork to go through the court. Um, well, actually, not even go through the court because guardianship will establish that for you, but they don't have to have any, uh, I mean, it just makes it easier for them to be able to just take care of your, your child or your children if um, you're not here. All right. Yes, let's see the chat. All right. Yes, it did. Okay. Shaquana, this is how other races pass down wealth from generation to generation, honey. Thank you. Proverbs 13 and 22. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, y'all. That's why I'm here. Um, and that's why I'm glad that God was so strategic because, you know, when you are believing, you believe in God there's a way for you to do business. There's a way for you to help people. But for me, this time I'm coming in Jesus name. Okay. I don't know about nobody else, but this is for God's people. It's for help to help God's people to do better because there's so much about finances right there in the Bible for us to live by. So thank you, Shaquana, for sharing that. All right. We are almost done. Are y'all ready to start wrapping it up? Let me get let me get a ready up in here. We got about uh 13 minutes. So <laughs> we are almost done. Almost time to go, y'all. Y'all been so good. Thank you for um all the interaction. So here's a juicy slide to talk about retirement. Retirement. Okay. Every month I am suggesting that you consider your retirement plan. If you have a 401k, which is your employer-sponsored account, question, do you invest up to the company match? Company match is free money. If they say they, they, they will match you 5%, up to 5%, you should be contributing up to 5%. And that will add, that will add another, they'll add another 5% for you. So 10% of your income will actually be invested. Okay, that is huge. 
free money, money you do not have to ever pay back unless you pull it out early, then you know Uncle Sam going to get their money. But um, <clears throat> invest up to the company match if they offer it. If you are afraid, I want to talk to you, honestly. Please make sure you reach out to me. I want to have a conversation with you about 401k and make you a little bit more comfortable about it. I mean, you have every right to be, you know, a little bit hesitant um, because we can't control the start market. But what you can do is understand how these plans work, understand that there are different investment options. There are even options for you if you want to, if you're going to invest long term. And so you can take less risk. If you want to make more money, make it more fast, then you're going to take higher risk, right? Um, but there's a way for you to invest in lower risk um, uh, portfolios, okay? The Roth IRA is where you contribute after you've paid taxes. So let me back up a little bit. 401k is pre-tax dollars going into your investment account. So you do not pay taxes on the money. Um, <clears throat> this is another way that I would say the wealthy end up paying less taxes. For those of you who don't know and think that it's unfair, the tax rules are the tax rules. If you know them, you can take advantage of them. And there's a lot of people that take advantage of those rules by doing tax deferred or pre-tax dollar contributions. So um, right now today, any money that I put into my 401k account, I do not pay taxes on. And so what does that do? I end up paying less taxes than I would have if I were not investing in a 401k. I'm gonna let that marinate. Again, if you have any questions, make sure you reach out to me. I'm glad to explain to you how that works. Um, and you know, I may they may be a part of a, a future class, all right? Uh, 403B, Tasha, this was um, one that, the one that you asked about. So it can be available. It is for teachers, school administrators, professors, government um, employees, and so on and so forth. So it's their version of the 401k. Um, so I understand you already know that they don't offer it, but if you know some schools do offer it, um, universities and things as such, okay, it would be a 403b. But if you don't, you can go ahead and open an IRA or an individual retirement account. This is non-employee sponsored. This is just you taking your money, putting it into a brokerage account, setting it all up, and letting and investing in um, the stock market. All right. So that can be your retirement um, plan as well. Right. So <clears throat> actions for you. Research your investment account options. If you don't have a 401k, if you know, an employer sponsor, look into an IRA, a couple resources for you. Um, of course, your employer, educate yourself on what plans they offer, what benefits they offer you. If not, brokerage firms. Now, I put Vanguard on the screen. That's because I know Vanguard offers the lowest uh, fees for you to do business with them and have that investment account. Um, also, the second one is going to be Fidelity. Um, but again, do your own research so that you can figure out what's the best option for you. But retirement accounts are huge. This is where we, you know, we can retire early or when we retire, we've got us a nice nest egg um, to fall back on. All right, I'm checking the chat. Let's see. 
All right, Tasha. Yes, ma'am. You call me. Okay. We don't talk it's too tight. It. It's too long to type. But if you had um, a four hundred one k at other jobs, and mm. because you were foolish and didn't know better, you cashed mm-hmm. out on them. Are they gone forever? Um, if there is no balance, yes. Um, if there is some type of balance, it's probably still uh, earning money. So reach out to them and give them a call because what you can do is you can take that account and you can use it to fund your an account with Vanguard or Fidelity. Okay. Yeah, you can you can roll it over into a brokerage account or IRA and you can begin to earn interest on that. Okay. Yeah. Good question. All right. So estate planning, y'all, we we wrapping it up. This is the big mamma jamma right here. One to two times a year, we got to think about our entire estate. Your estate planning is all about protecting your loved ones, making sure that you're, you know, you're protecting them, making making sure they're good. Um, But really and truly, um, the IRS does step in, you know, when people leave this earth. And so when there's assets involved, um, you can guarantee that Uncle Sam is going to be trying to get their get their hands on it, right? But there's ways that you can actually protect your loved ones, um, you know, from so much, uh, you know, taxing and all of that good stuff, and really like the back and forth between family members and all of that stuff, right? Usually, when you hear about that, it means that the person did not have an estate plan that gave a clear direction on what to do with their assets, okay? So with estate planning, um, now listing out your assets, what do you have? Remember earlier in the presentation, I gave you, you know, samples of what assets are. You can go out there and research, you know, list out your insurance plan, your limits. This is your life insurance, right? Making sure you know you, you got that in place, you know, who your beneficiaries are and all of that good stuff. I want everybody to research, trust. Repeat after me, trust. Um, Wills are good, but trusts are better because trust will keep your family out of court fighting over, not fighting over, but the back and forth with what to do, who gets assets, right? You can actually create a trust right now today or during business hours, um, and that will actually be so much better for your family. Again, do your research. Make sure you start looking into these things. Establish your beneficiaries for your assets and all of that good stuff. If you don't have an estate plan, you're going to be going through all of those um, activities. And I recommend um, if you have access to like um, an attorney or some type of um, uh, legal um, you know, plan or something like that, just reach out to them. That's probably something that they will they can establish for you um, by having that plan. If you don't, just do your research and just kind of see how much it will cost for you to go ahead and um, establish um, a trust or if you want to go the route of a will. But I would say stay away from, you know, uh, power of attorney. That's I can't get into details on that, but it's really not a good look. All right, y'all. We're going to start wrapping it up, y'all. All right. I want you to come off of mute when you're ready to speak, but I want to hear from you. 
what is one takeaway for you from taking this class today? What's one thing that you're going to take away, whether you're going to do some research on it, whether you're going to find out, you know, more information, talk to a certain professional, call me, set up some time with me, you know, something like that. What's one thing that you're going to take away from this class? Creating a budget, for sure. Yes, yes. Thank you, April. Create a budget. That's me too. I'll, you know, definitely need to create a budget. And I had asked that question in the group as well. So creating a budget when you're self-employed and yeah. have um, fluctuating finances. So mm -hmm. yeah, definitely being able to take your advice on how to do that. Awesome. Awesome. And I saw something earlier today, Stephanie, because you got my wheels turning on that one. Um, but there was a suggestion out there to, um, uh, to go ahead and look at like, what you've made over like the past three to six months and estimate your earnings um, to plug into your budget. Um, but the answer that I gave you was more so I'm looking at it from a um, like realistic standpoint, like what if, you know, type thing. And so that's just another suggestion out there. You know, if that makes sense, maybe look at, you know, your average, how much did you bring in over the past maybe three to six months? and divide that into the number of months that you looked at and letting that be like your your marker for your income on your budget okay perfect thank you so much you're welcome um i also say budget too uh, you had made a statement about um seeing if your place of employment um pays you enough for your for your needs or if you just yes. spend it yeah i want to look into that absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah, let's not depend on jobs to do like a market study to make sure they're paying you at the right rate. You know, we, we know our worth. We know the, you know, what we put in, you know, with these employers and things like that. Um, another thing is make sure they're having performance reviews. If they're not talking to you about your performance, then you go to them. You know, be prepared. Write down your accomplishments. What have you done for this firm, company? whatever over the past six months or a year you know go to them with that information hey can I have a meeting with you I just want to talk about my future with 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 this with this school or this company and have it ready for them you know blow their mind they're gonna be like what you know what you're right I can't tell y'all how many performance reviews I've gone in and that manager was getting ready to rate me as a meet me and I told them why I wasn't exceed. I had that information ready to go. And right then and there, I was able to negotiate a higher rate. I was able to negotiate, you need to go back to the drawing board on my bonus, right? Because this is what I've been doing. They're humans just like us. Um, so we have to be our own champions. We have to be our own, you know, advocates when it comes to our pay. So I'm glad you're going to be doing that, Tasha. I have a question. Yes, ma'am. Tasha woke it up. <laughs> she said she when she said about what if you walked away uh, yes. from a job and you mm -hmm. did not, um, you know, take care of the fact that you did have a full one uh, cake. Is there any way that you can go back to check that? Yes. You can. Okay. So 
One way to do it is if the company's still open, call them. If you don't remember the name of yeah. the um, company that held the account, um, that's one way. Um, if you don't, if they're not open, um, then just look through hopefully any paperwork or if you remember the name of the company and just give them a call because they should be able to look you up by your social security number to locate your account. Wonderful. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. You are welcome. Thank you All for right, that question. I'm checking the chat. Yes. So Shapana says she's getting to work. That's good. All right. Okay. So y'all, as yes. Okay. So as we as we wrap up, um, I'm so glad that you were here tonight. I don't want this to be the end um, because I realized that you know we've got so much work to do as a people. Um, don't try to do it on your all on your own. Um, part of what I do as a budget boss, life coach, and focusing in is stuff like this and kind of help you set realistic goals, help you to create a budget. Um, so I do mentorship and I do coaching on um, really I'm focusing in on budget and credit for now, for now. Um, any other questions you can still ask me, but these are the services that I offer. Don't be afraid to reach out. You can actually do a free consultation where we can just talk for 30 minutes and see what you have going on and see how I can support you. Um, also, I just want to encourage you to think about future classes. I'm going to be doing um, a master class where it's going to be going through budget, credit, investment, um, as well as some um, spending things just to really um, help drive through. Here's this kind of sample of my workbook where we're going to actually go through. You're going to do your bill tracker. You're going to do your expense tracker. We're going to set those realistic goals. Um, and we are going to help you to get your budget in a place where you can manage it and stick to it, all right? And then I just want y'all to keep in touch. And my little beautiful family, um, but keep in touch. My website is yolandaahaji.com. It's just getting started, but I do have some information out there, but I'll be putting some, um, some free resources. I'll, I'll be putting any additional classes. I'll be highlighting those out there. I do have a podcast, which I'm going to make sure that I continue to do at least one recording a week. And yes, yeah, just stay in touch. Make sure you all are in the Money Code group on Facebook, um, because that's where I'll put any future uh, uh, information as well. And if you have any questions, you can get them answered in the group as well. So before we close out, any final questions tonight? No, but this was good. This was good. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like I need to cash after you. This, this hey. <laughs> <laughs> Donations oh, are yes, accepted. Uh, it's not yes, mandatory, y'all. Um, God really good. laid it on my heart to do this for the people. And with that being said, y'all, I'm not going to be just obedient. You know, the other day when I put, I got a word, make sure you come to the class. I did not have a word. But tonight, God gave me a word for y'all. Anybody that showed up. So if it resonates with you, it's for you. But what God spoke to me and said <clears throat> is that um, he's calling you out of a dry place 
into the land that's that's flowing with milk and honey, where there is more than enough. Now, what this will require is now faith in action. Ooh, you better go ahead on. So with that, you better while bless y'all and speaking in tongues, I want to bless y'all and thank you so much for coming tonight. God is in control. God has you. Thank you for taking this first step to turn things around. I believe in you. Most importantly, God believes in you because he told me to do this for you. All right. So I want to thank you again for coming tonight. Reach out if you have any questions. And have a good night, y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Good night, everyone. Thank you. Bye. 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 This is in heaven. Yes, yes, thank you. Hey, my Steven, my Steven. I know, right? Yeah, everybody. Y'all, good night, baby. Good night. Good night. Kiss Steven for me. All right. <laughs> for us. I will. <laughs> Yolanda, you know I'm going to have to call you.